and they're out of town for a couple of weeks on a family medical emergency. So uh, we're just we're believing that good things are going to come out of that. And we know they will, because if God is for us, who can be against us? So, amen. So uh, we'll see them back. They're coming back on the 25th. So they will be here. And uh, anyway, so they, they send their love to everybody. Um, all right. Well, this morning we're going to actually be on part two of a series that we started last week called Mouth Control. And you're like, mouth control? Yeah, we are learning how to control our mouths. Doesn't this sound exciting? Yeah, it's really exciting. And you're like, man, why do I need to do that? That sounds like a joke. Well, it's not a joke because we saw last week, and we're going to see some even greater verses this week that show us the importance of controlling our mouths. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but is there anybody in here that you could say, at some point or another, your mouth has gotten you into a little bit of trouble? Okay, all right, we're being honest. Very good, I like that. Now, if we're totally being honest, everybody in here could say, yeah, there's a time or two I've maybe said things that I later on regretted, things that I wish I could have taken back. I've hurt people with my words, and I spoke out of the emotion of the moment, and later on I regretted it. Every single one of us has done that. And so last week we saw the danger of complaining, and, and we saw, I mean, by, by example of the Israelites, that, that their complaining took an 11-day journey into a 40-year journey of wandering in the wilderness. 11 days turned into 40 years. And you're like, is that possible? Yeah. If that's your attitude in life, you're, uh, complaining and whining and negative, then yeah, it's going to turn things into a whole lot worse than they currently are. And so we issued a challenge at the end of the service last week, uh, and a lot of you accepted my challenge of this week going out and either doing something, especially for a customer service employee in Barstow, or maybe talking to managers of people and just complimenting and saying something positive about somebody here in town. And so I will ask, did anybody actually follow through on, on our challenge? Okay, I did. I, I, you know, there was a certain young man that, that works at Food for Less. I wanted to go and give him some money, but I couldn't find him all week. I kept going and he wasn't there, so, so I couldn't do that. But instead, I, I just stores and restaurants I went to this week, I talked to managers. I said, hey, that guy right there, he made my day. You've got a good young man on your hands there. Or this lovely young lady, she greeted us. She welcomed us. We were actually we were at Wendy's in Victorville, and, and this lady was so nice. And so I was like, can I speak to your manager? And I'm, I'm just telling him, man, this, you've got a real gem on your hands here. This young lady who has incredible customer service. She was so friendly and nice to my kids. And the manager was like, really? I'm like, yeah, she's awesome, man. You need to, you need to promote that girl. Give her a raise or something. And, and so I think they're kind of surprised because they don't hear that so much. So anyway, we uh, this week did an exercise in being positive instead of being a negative, nasty little complainer like so many people are. All right. And so this week in part two of mouth control, we're going to be talking about using our mouths to either bless or curse people. And, and believe it or not, we're going to actually look at the topic of cussing and name-calling. And before we get into this, you know, maybe this makes you uncomfortable. Before we get into this, I want you to know right up front that as we study this topic from the Bible, 
first of all, it's not a joke that, you know, that it's, it's not, I'm being very serious when I talk about it. But the second thing is this, is that, man, no one's here condemning you and, and putting condemnation and, and bondage on you. We're, I'm just trying to be helpful because I see the damage that, that our mouths can do in our lives and in our children's lives especially. And so I'm here uh, to, to help. I'm not here to throw rocks and make somebody feel bad about how you, what you're doing. I mean, that's your business, but I do want to show you what the Bible says. And so before we get into the lesson today, if you need an outline for the sermon, the ushers would love to give you one. We've got Jesse and Walter here, and they love to pass out papers. So if you need a, an outline, raise your hand, and they're going to do that for you. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer, and we're going to get started here. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you so much for this great church family that, that we have here to, to be on special occasions, Lord, like baby dedications and everything else. But God, I pray this morning that as, as we look at your word, in the name of Jesus, you're going to speak to our hearts, God, and you're going to bring us up to a higher level, Lord. And, and I pray that we'll be open to hearing your word. We won't be closed and, and, and just shut our minds and hearts off, Lord. But we'll listen with open hearts to what you have to say. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the main verse I want to get to this morning is this. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4. There we go. All right. Get excited. Ephesians 4, verse 29. And uh, this is a, this is a, I mean, this verse, boom, says it right here, dealing with our mouths. And so, as I said earlier, two things. Don't think that, you know, this, uh, we're just silly and joking around about a non-important topic because it's very serious. And the second thing is this. Don't feel that we're here, you know, trying to make you feel bad and, and, and throw rocks at you. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to help people to live a better life. So Ephesians 4.29 says this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. All right. And so I got to say that there's some people I know that their words are not very encouraging to anybody. You know what I mean? Their words are foul and sometimes their language is abusive to other people, especially those that they should be loving the most. And they abuse people with their words. And the Bible says, no, it shouldn't be this way. Your words should be an encouragement to everybody who hears them. And, you know, the, the, one of the craziest things I ever saw, I, I knew this young man, for whatever reason, he got Ephesians 4.29 tattooed right on his arm there. And then one day he, he, got, he gets mad in front of me and, and just lets off a barrage of curse, of curse words. And I'm like, bro, I'm, hey, you do what you want to do, but you want to tattoo that on your arm? Of, of all verses in the Bible, the verse that says don't use foul language. And then you want to go out? I mean, geez, chill out, bro. And anyway, so that, I mean, that didn't, that wasn't received very well, but I still said it. So anyway, uh, but, but listen, this is a serious topic. And so we're going to look at three different things this morning. And the first thing is this, according to Ephesians 4.29, we're just going to break it down. Number one, the first thing is this, is foul language. Yeah, let's hear it for foul language. Oh, wait, no, I mean, you know what I mean. So, uh, but but let's check this out again. This is not a joke. This is not a you know a silly thing. But 
I really want to show you some things that are going to actually help your life out. And, and I think what better day to examine a topic like this than on a day where we're, we're dedicating a, a, a baby to the Lord. And, you know, we, we had another little girl that, that was going to be here also, but they couldn't make it. So, but what better day to examine the effect of our words on other people than on a day that we're celebrating precious, innocent, sinless, perfect little life. Uh, and, and, you know, there, when we're talking about foul language, no matter who you are, whether you go to church ever or not, whether you even acknowledge that God is real, there are some words that just everybody knows, well, that's inappropriate and you shouldn't say that, or, or at least not in front of children, right? I mean, I mean, even if you're just the most hardened person in the world, there are some things that if you have any decency, you would not say them in front of Adelina, right? Amen. Am I right? There's just some things that, you know, well, that's an innocent little girl. And 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 I, I well, we don't want we don't want her repeating that. We don't want her. We don't want to have to explain what in the world that actually means. And there's some things that that no matter who you are, you agree. Well, if nothing else, we shouldn't say this in front of little children. And of course, shame on you if, if that's how you speak in front of innocent uh, little two year olds. But. The reason that, that we don't uh, want to use foul or abusive language is because, listen to this, cussing literally means curse. You're like, well, a big deal. whoop you do Well, well it's, it's, it is a big deal. Cussing literally means curse. And I want to show you something in the Bible this morning that, that I mean, it's just boom. It's a truth bomb. But check this out. We're going to turn to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. And so I promise you I'm not here to rain on your parade or, you know, give you a bad day here or, or make you feel condemned and judged. We, we just want to really help people out here and show you the truths from the Word of God. And so Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're going to look at verse 19. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. And the great thing about God is, listen, he gives us the ability to make choices. He is not going to force you to do things you don't want to do. If, if you want to go out and, and beat people up and, and rob banks, I mean, he will absolutely, he's not going to stop you from doing that. He gives you the choice to do whatever you choose to do in life. He will not force you to make right choices. But he encourages you too. So look at this. Deuteronomy 13 and verse 19, he says, Today... I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So he has given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. And we saw last week, Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of your tongue. So you can use your mouth, you can use your words to either bless or to curse. But the truth of the matter is this, is that there is a principle in the Bible called seed time and harvest. You reap what you sow. 
you treat people bad, you are going to get treated really bad. If you treat people kind, you will reap a harvest of kindness into your life. And Proverbs 18.21 says that you will reap the harvest of your words. So if you go around cursing other people made in the image of God, cursing them, speaking curses, uh, you know, about God, about other people, about situations, you think that's going to bring blessings into your life? If I, you know, come up to Chuck here and just completely curse him out, you think I have any right to turn around and claim the blessings of God? Now, Lord, I'm claiming healing. I'm claiming prosperity. Bring me peace into my life, God, in Jesus' name. But you know what, Chuck? Beep, beep, beep. You kidding me? There's no way in the world that you're going to reap the peace of God in your life if you are sowing seeds of curses and negativity and bitterness and and anger. No way in the world. Don't expect that God's going to bless you in any way whatsoever. You reap what you sow and your words are powerful. It's not a joke. Your words are powerful. But think about this. What if I use my words to go bless people all the time? What if I use my words to bless God? And, you know, people think it's funny. You know, most of us around here at church, we've traded in curse words for something really Christian. You know, they call it Christianese. But, you know, say somebody, you know, you you hit your thumb with a hammer or something instead of what you used to say. Now you say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. That really hurts. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! And people stare at you like, man, that guy is a nut. Yes, but it's okay. And so somebody cuts you off in traffic. Well, I just bless them in the name of God. Hallelujah. I pray they have a nice day. And people are looking at you like, you're a fool, man. He just cuts you off. Get up there and give him the naughty finger. No, listen. That's what the old you would have done. But now we give him, you know, the hallelujah wave. How are you doing? And listen, yes, people, I mean, you don't feel like doing that. You feel like meanness and, and anger. But if you can discipline yourself to speak and to give blessings rather than curses, do you realize what that does to you on the inside? And so many people, they walk around just, I know people, they just walk around in a bad mood. They're angry every day. Somebody, you know, looks at them wrong and, I mean, they wake up angry. They're bitter and they're just nasty and angry every day. Listen, if you start speaking blessings out of your mouth, that will go away. Absolutely, that will go away. You want to know how to get rid of rage and anger and bitterness and complaining and all this stuff? Listen to me. If you speak blessings out of your mouth, that will absolutely change your life. And I remember that just the time of my life when I started doing this, you know, just, just, you know, something goes wrong. Well, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Praise Jesus. And, and I mean, it just started naturally coming out of me. And I'm telling you, my moods have changed so much where I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty happy guy most of the time because if I'm speaking blessings out, I'm going to reap that harvest into my life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In your words, and it says those that love to talk will reap the consequences of your words. And so if you're going to reap something out of your words, I would much rather reap blessings than curses into my life. So 
we saw in Deuteronomy 30:19, God will not force you to choose his way, even though it's right. God will not force you to choose his way, even though it's always right. He's not going to force you to clean up your mouth, even though it's always the right thing to do. But why would you choose to speak curses out of your mouth, knowing that you're going to reap those things back into your life? Why would I mean, if you have the choice, and even for people that aren't the brightest crown in the box, this verse tells you right there, choose life. You, can, you have the choice between life and death, blessings and curses, choose life. I mean, wouldn't it be great if, if you were in school and you were taking a test and it was multiple choice and the teacher says, by the way, choose B. B, that's the right choice. And, you know, the, I would, okay, absolutely, I'm going to go with that. And, and the Bible right here tells you, you've got the choice, but the right choice is to choose life. And so, as we're looking at this, there's so many areas in your life that you can choose to curse or choose to bless. And listen to me. Changing your words is one of the biggest, maybe the hardest, depending on who you are. But this is one of the biggest and best decisions you could ever make. And this verse tells us it's so you and your children may live. Do you want your children to live and be blessed? I mean, I don't know anybody that wants their kids to have a bad life. And so listen to this right here. Your choices impact your children. We're talking a lot about kids today, but listen to this. The choices you make, they impact your children. And so, you know, maybe you're like, well, I don't have any kids, so I'll just, you know, do it. Listen, do you have nieces and nephews? Do you have little kids that you at least think are cute? I mean, can you at least agree that little kids are cute and we should love them? No matter what it breaks down to, your choices, they affect people you care about and they especially affect your children. And this verse tells us that your choice right here will be so you and your children can be blessed and so you and your children can live. And so as we're studying curse and, and, you know, cuss, another synonym for this word is blasphemy. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? I don't Listen, blasphemy is an even uh, step further in the wrong direction. Blasphemy means to speak irreverently of God Almighty. And so you think about it. Lots of the words that we commonly accept as curse words uh, you think about these things, you know, I'm not using this word, but think about the word damn. That means damnation, right? And so anytime you just throw this out there, you're speaking about damnation to hell, whether you realize it or not. Why in the world would you want to talk about damnation to hell? Why? Well, and you may not even realize that that's what you're saying, but you are. And why in the world would you even... I don't even want to talk about that, man. I don't want anybody to experience that. And, and, and any time that we speak these words out, we're, we're, we're speaking negative, bad things about, you know, damning people to hell, about perverseness, about other things. And listen to me, you will reap this into your life. And these choices... They affect your children, and they impact them, and they hear what you're saying. So parents, have you ever at any point in time, I mean, if your kids are at least probably two or maybe younger, 
Have you ever had them repeat something that you said that you didn't realize that they had heard anybody? A few of you have. Well, I'm telling you this, that there are times that I, you know, the kids have come in and there's, I mean, I'm not being goody too, there's no cursing in our house, so they haven't heard curse words. But there have been times that, that I've heard them come and say something. I'm like, where in the world did you hear that? What? Oh, well, you know, you, you and mom said, oh, are you serious? You heard that? And, and they are so impressionable, right? And, and they will just repeat things, even if they don't know what it means. They just repeat stuff. And they'll come back and say it to you. And I'm telling you, if there are things that you don't want to hear an innocent little two-year-old saying, don't say it in front of them. And, you know, and, and I, I've heard, you know, we've had some different children um, in the nursery and stuff that have heard wrong words at home. And I remember one time I was up there. I volunteered in the nursery. Uh, this was last year. It was the first time I'd been in the nursery for about since I was a teenager. So I go up there and I, I pick this little guy up. How you doing, buddy? Boom. Kicks me right. You know, just drills me. I'm like, OK, we'll go. And so I recover from that. And so then I go tell this other little one, hey, we got it's time to pick up toys. And she she said something. She's like, beep you. I was like, what? I've never heard that out of a one year old mouth. But dear God, that was nuts. And, and I'm like, gee whiz. And you're thinking, you know, and it caught me off guard because I've never heard a voice that little say something like that. But check it out. Kids repeat what you say. And so I've heard a lot of other little kids say things like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise glory to God. And, you know, say these things. They're speaking blessings because they've heard blessings being spoken. Now, would you rather your kids at school in front of the teacher say, you know, glory to God instead of, you know, whatever? Would you rather hear your kids go up to the pastor and and say, you know, thank you, Jesus, or hallelujah, than hear them tell the pastor to, you know, go whatever? You know what I mean? And so you're going to reap what you sow. Your kids are very, very impressionable And what you do right now, even as a little one-year-old or two-year-old, this is molding them into who they're going to be at 18, 19, 30, 40, 50. It's a big deal. Your words are a big deal. And so you may be thinking, geez, calm down, preacher boy. Well, check it out. I want to show you something here about what Jesus had to say. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Matthew 12, verse 36. And so it's not, you know, I didn't just make this up that, hey, words are a big deal because they ran out of other cool things to preach about. Uh, no, we, this is something that Jesus himself and his brother James, both of them, have a very, very strong opinion about. But Matthew 12, verse 36. Check this out. Matthew 12, verse 36. And... Uh, I'm just telling you, this is one of those verses you may want to hold on to your seat, okay? This, this could rattle you a little bit. We've got some inspirational verses, and then we've got some that just kind of shake you. And, and listen to this. Matthew 12, verse 36. Check this out. This is Jesus speaking. He says, And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. You must give an account on Judgment Day 
for every idle word you speak. So if you don't think that words are a big deal, there will come a day, and I can promise you I will stake my life on this. There's going to come a day that you will stand before God because every human being will. Whether you're going up or down, you're going to stand before God. And it says right here, you are going to have to give an account for the words that you spoke in this life. You're going to have to explain to Jesus why you said the things that you said. Now, listen, if you've repented and you've asked God to forgive you, then done deal. He doesn't remember it, so I don't want you sitting here feeling guilty about every you know, naughty word you've said in your whole life. Listen, if you've asked God for forgiveness, done deal, it's over with. But if you've become so calloused to the words that you speak, you don't even think about it anymore. This is just an everyday thing. You fly off the handle, blow up at people, curse people, abuse people with your words. Listen, if if it's that type of situation, you're going to have to stand before God. And I always imagine it this way. You know, I've, I've said this, but I imagine you get up there, you're standing next to Jesus, He's got a nice little flat screen, you know, HD TV right here. And he's like, hey, um, I just want to play back something for you. Can you, let me show you this. He hits play and it shows this scene from your life of you maybe getting mad at somebody and just, you little, you know, just blowing up on somebody, saying these things. And then he hits pause. Um, can you explain that to me real quick? What in the world are you going to say to justify that? Or uh, what had happened was he came in and he called me a poopy pants. So I got mad and I told him that and I called his mom this and I said, listen, do you think Jesus is going to say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm Jesus and I know everything, but I didn't see that part. I didn't know he was mean to you first. It's okay. It's okay for you to call people that if they did something mean to you first. Oh, that's perfectly fine. No, no matter what people do to you, if you are over the age of one year old, you are responsible. And no matter what somebody else has done to you, it does not give you the right to curse somebody, to abuse them with your words, to, God forbid, lay hands on another human. Listen, none of that is justified just because somebody said something you didn't like. And Jesus, at this moment in time, when he is standing before you, there is nothing that you can say that is going to justify the words that you've spoken. And in fact, the the, the book of Proverbs says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And so some of us, our words, they could come back to haunt us if we don't get them under control right now. And so, again... I'm not blowing this out of proportion. I'm not, you know, being the mean guy. I'm just trying to help people because this conversation with Jesus can either be really pleasant and you can stand before him and he's going to say, man, I just, you, you blessed so many people with your, with your words and, and you spoke the word, man, you did a great job. Or it can be a really awkward conversation of you trying to justify and argue why you were such a potty mouth. So... Listen, our words are a big deal, and, and we're not just blowing these out of proportion. And so I, I was talking to the youth group about this a couple weeks ago, and, you know, take this for what it's worth. But there are over 250,000 words in the English language, okay? And so, you know, maybe you speak other languages too. Good for you. But there's over 250,000 words. And we just have a short little list of these inappropriate words. 
if you can't select from the other 250,000 to express yourself, how you feel, listen, I'm not being mean, but I will gladly purchase a dictionary or thesaurus for you. You could learn some new words to maybe describe how you feel. And, you know, maybe you could expand your vocabulary. Uh, and there's a lot of words to choose from, but you don't have to choose from the nasty ones. And, and moms don't have to cover their kids' ears whenever they, oh, he's coming. Hurry, kids. You know, you know, it's not a shame that, you know, young moms have to be afraid when you walk into the room because they have no idea what you're going to say in front of their children. Don't be that guy. Don't be that woman that is, you know, affecting little kids and the people around you with your language. So, yes, it's a big deal. And, yes, the words could come back as the saying goes, to bite you in the behind, and you're going to wish to God, why did I do that? Why? I'm sorry. Please. And listen, let's just take control of it right now. Let's just do that. And, you know, and again, I know for some people it's like, you know, listen, I was raised in a preacher's home, so yeah, there was a, this is, it's been one of those areas that, you know, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of this. And I know some people have, or, or maybe your work, I know we got a lot of military guys, and yeah, they hear it a lot. But listen, we are each responsible for our own conduct. Just because other people act or live a certain way, that doesn't mean it's okay for you. Again, if you're a parent, what if one of your kids does something and you say, why'd you do that? Well, he did it first. Again, I never say, oh, I didn't realize that. It's okay. You just go ahead and hit your brother with a golf club again. I didn't know he did it to you first. No. You are each responsible for your own conduct. And so this is an area that I think we could all do better in. And it's an area that we are each going to talk to God about someday. So I'd rather just right now get it under control than have to explain to God why I was so nasty in this life. All right. And so there's foul language, but I want to take it a step further and look at number two, according to the first verse we read, abusive language. And so, yeah, foul language is one thing. It's, it's wrong and nasty, but check it out. It also tells us that we need to let no abusive language come out of our mouth. Abusive language is when you intentionally use your words to hurt somebody else. And, and again, you think, well, that doesn't sound like such a big, I don't see what the big deal is. You don't see the big deal in cutting somebody to the soul with your words. You don't see the, the big deal about coming home and, and, and abusing your wife with your words. You don't see the effect it has on your husband's pride when you come in and just rip him to shreds with nasty words and a bad attitude. You think that's okay? That's shameful and it's wrong. And what's even worse than that is you don't see anything wrong with calling your children names, cursing your kids out. You don't see something wrong with that? I was in Walmart just a couple days ago, and I mean, I saw this older gentleman, you know, he, he, he spanked his little kid, and I believe in spanking, okay? But then he started throwing the F-bomb at a little kid and calling him a, you know, and, and I was like, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I didn't get involved, but I'm like, wow, you're doing that to a little kid? If you do that in public, God forbid what you do, I don't want to, what do you do at your house to that little kid? That's messed up. And then that kid, you think he's going to have self-confidence growing up? You think, and, and, and I mean, you think he's just going to honestly know how to speak and, and interact with other human beings? 
He's going to think it's natural to be uh, combative. He's going to think it's natural to, uh, to look for conflict. He's going to think it's natural to treat other people that way. That's shameful that she would do that to a kid. And again, are we, are we trying to make you feel bad? Well, right, yeah, right now I am. If, you, if that's how you treat kids, then yes. Right now I have reached the point of trying to make you feel bad because that's pathetic that she would treat a child that way. That's wrong. And, and, and let, me, let me show you this. Matthew 5, verse 22. Let's get over there. Matthew 5, verse 22. Because I've got a verse I really want to get at. But Matthew 5, verse 22. So there's foul language, and then there's abusive language. And that's when you hurt somebody. You don't even, maybe you're not even being foul, but, but you use your words to hurt somebody. Your husband or wife or your children or somebody else. And it's wrong, even if... They did it to you first. It is still wrong. So Matthew 5, verse 22, it says, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Well, that's a whole other topic, but let's move on here. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, raka is a Hebrew word. It's an it's a insult. It's basically calling somebody an airhead. But even further than that, it says calling somebody a fool, our modern-day equivalent is idiot. You know, I don't use these words, but I hear people calling people retard. Listen, it says you go around calling people that stuff. You are in danger of the fires of hell. You want to risk going to hell over being able to get back at somebody over being able to get the last word or being able to outdo them. And, and I honestly believe this, that Jesus knows when you're joking. I know especially us guys, we get together and trash talk. And, you know, Jesus knows when you're joking, but he also knows when you're being serious and you're cursing and verbally abusing one of his children. And so, yeah, us guys, especially guys, we get around, we play basketball, football, softball. And yeah, you know, that's one thing, okay? We're just, we're joking around. But it's a whole other thing. And Jesus knows when you're being serious and you, and you go out and, and, and you're verbally smashing and, and ripping apart one of his kids. And anybody that's a born-again Christian is a child of God. And so, I know this much, that, listen... Even if you came up and complimented me all day long, man, you're awesome, you know, you're this, this, and you were nice to me and treated me nice all day long, but then you're, you're cursing and, and smashing on my kids, you think I'm going to overlook that and say, well, you're, he's nice to me. No, man, I'm going to be angry. And anybody that's a born-again Christian is a child of God, and so I'm telling you, you're messing around with his kids, he's not going to like that. And you're going to answer to him for it. And so it's, it is, it's a big deal, even if you don't realize it or not. And so since we're talking a lot about children today, that seems to be a, a major topic uh, for us to deal with today. I want to encourage parents with this, and I can say this because I are one, all right? And yesterday, my little angel daughter, you can ask my wife, she drove me like, to the point, okay, where I was like, Honey, take this blessing and just go play with her because I don't want to be around. You know, kid, I get it, man, more than anybody. Kids can be difficult, right? Amen? Amen, all right? Kids, can they can just push you, man. They know how to push your little buttons. And my kids, they know how to do it, all right? So I get that. 
But I want to encourage us as parents and just as adults, okay, never, ever, ever call a child a derogatory name. That's wrong. You know, even if they've just, even if they've been, you know, a little whatever that day, it's still, it is absolutely wrong to come in and, and call them a name. It's wrong. And imagine what that does to them when the person that they're looking to as their protector in life, the one that's supposed to protect them from harm, the one that's supposed to provide for them, the one that's supposed to always be there to hug them and love them, just, you know, you little brat, I, oh, I can't stand, get out of here, you little idiot, I can't believe you, are so stupid. And you're like, that sounds, yeah, I hear parents saying this to their kids. And whether you realize it or not, you're just jabbing them with a knife, man, right in their soul. You're jabbing their emotions. And they may, they may put up a wall, they may look callous to it, but I'm telling you, don't do this. And I think it's a big deal. But Jesus thinks it's an even bigger deal. So if you thought calling a fool, putting you in the danger of fire or hell was bad, Jesus has something. This is, I'm getting ready to show you probably the harshest thing that I have seen Jesus ever say to anybody. So turn with me over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. So we can use our words, and we're going to get to the positive in a few minutes. But you can use your words to bless or to curse. You can build people up and push them to the top in life, or you can pull people down and crush them. You can use your words to absolutely make a little kid's day, or you can use your words to just break their heart, bring them to tears, make them cry. And, I mean, it's up to you. Either way, you reap what you sow. You're going to reap blessing into your life, or you're going to reap a curse into your life. Choice is yours. He's not going to make you control your mouth. It's up to you. But one day, a bunch of parents, you know the story, a bunch of parents, they bring their kids to Jesus. And the disciples are like, man, get these kids out. Listen, parents, Jesus is busy. He's going to minister to the adults right now. They're sick people. There's people with real problems. And listen, kids have real problems too. All right? Don't think that just because they're little that they don't have real problems. They do. They're real people. Just because they're this tall and, you know, haven't graduated yet, they're, they're still real people. They still deserve to be treated respectfully and, and talked to kindly. And so the disciples are like, man, get the kids out of here. We've got, we got real problems to deal with. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. Bring the, don't forbid the kids from coming to me. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus said, you've got to be like a little kid to even get to heaven. And there's never a time where Jesus said, hey, kids, you've got to act like adults to get up to heaven. Not one time did he ever tell kids to act like adults, but he did tell adults to act like kids. And so here we are. Jesus, he not only lets the kids come, he puts these little kids on his lap. He puts his arms around them and he, start, he starts preaching to the kids and making the adults listen. And Jesus, verse 6 of Matthew 18, he says, listen to me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it'd be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow. I never heard him say that about a thief or a robber 
or, you know, um, I never heard him say that about anybody, a murderer. But he did say, listen to me, you mess up one of these kids, you screw around with kids, listen to me right now. If you do that, you'd be better to have a stone tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean before I get done with you. It's not going to be good news. He messed with the kid. You put him down. And, and so, yeah, it's a big deal for him to say that. I mean, that, that's huge. And can you imagine if, if you have a boulder tied to your neck and we throw you out in the Pacific, your chances of survival, unless your name's Harry Houdini, your chances are not very well. It is not going to turn out well for you. And Jesus said, that's bad, but it's better than what's going to happen to you if you mess up one of these kids and cause them to stumble. And so physical abuse is horrific. I get that. I, I, listen, I've been in this ministry thing for nine years full time. I've seen both. Okay, I've seen both. Physical abuse is horrific and awful. But some, and I believe that verbal abuse can be just as bad. Bruises go away. I've seen people with verbal wounds that unless there's a miracle from God, those wounds, they don't heal. Unless there's a miracle healing from God to come in. And so it's important how we treat our spouse, how we treat our kids, how we, how we treat anybody. Because you can, in a moment of emotion, just stab someone and 60 years from now, they're going to remember when that, their uncle that they loved said that to them. When their grandpa called them that. When, when their own mom, their own mom that gave birth to them, said that to them. They're going to remember that to the day they die. This is a big deal. And so, it's, it, Jesus said, if you mess up the kids, you should, you'd be better off to be thrown into the ocean with this tied around your neck. And I can remember, you know, there's this one guy I knew, used to come to church years ago, and I've never seen anybody talk. He, he had stepkids and his biologicals. He was fine to his uh, biologicals, to his stepkids. I've never seen somebody talk to kids this way. A respected man in the church, and it was sickening. His stepson would walk into the room, hey, everybody, here comes retard. Yeah. Grown men and the church would sit there and laugh. Yeah, dead serious. The kid would walk into the room. Oh, look, look, he doesn't even know how to tie his shoe. Man, you are so retarded. You're, a, you're an idiot calling his kid this. And other men, never, never, I, I spoke up. I barely knew him. It's when I first moved here. But I, I, I'd speak up, man, back off, man. He's a kid. He may be a teenager, but back off. And every time. And I mean, and just absolutely assaulting this kid every day. The kid couldn't look people in the eyes. But people at church thought this guy was great because he was really talented. And oh yeah, he's good in all these areas. But nobody cared that he stabbed this kid and killed him on the inside. And I just, I kept saying, Katie, some, this isn't going to turn out good. I can only do so much as a youth pastor. I cannot force the stepdad to talk to the kid right. Well, eventually, yeah, it happened. Next time I saw him, he was wearing an orange prison suit. I was visiting him behind bars. And I don't blame him for the wrong choices he made. I blame this, the parents, for every day, for mom not speaking up and saying, man, leave him alone. Or the, for the dad for just stabbing him every day 
every day, stabbing him and slapping him, not physically, but with his words. It's disgusting. And even though the man's talented and can do a lot of great things, I can guarantee you this. I don't want to be anywhere near that conversation in heaven when Jesus says, all right, you're next. I've been waiting for you. And you think I'm being mean. I'm not being mean at all compared to what Jesus is going to say because I don't think that it's going to be a very good conversation at all. That's abusing another human being with your words. Stabbing somebody with your words. It's wrong, especially to children, but to anybody. And, man, I've seen husbands do it to wives. Wives do it to husbands. Where I mean, I've seen grown men, grown men, I mean, six-foot-tall men cowering. Their wives have shattered their self-esteem. Their wives have verbally just every day slapped them around and stolen their manhood where they don't have any guts left at all. And it's because this little lady every day has just ripped them to shreds. Listen, that's disgusting. Shame on you. That's awful that you would do that to somebody. And of course, more traditionally, we've seen men do it to women where you just just bashing her every day. We've got grown women just afraid to even speak up, afraid to, to go talk to anybody. It is wrong. That's abuse. It may not be physical. That is mental and verbal abuse. And it's legally, it's assault. If you want to get legal, it's assault. When you threaten somebody verbally. A battery is when you actually, but assault is when you use your words. And I mean, and, and, and it's sickening. And so many people, born-again Christians even, they don't even think about this stuff. Well, it's, it's just them. It's, you know, it's just, it's, what we, it's, it's my family. It's at, that's at home. But they can come in here to church and raise their hands. And Lord, I lift your name on high. They can go home and beat people into the ground verbally. Listen. I'm not being mean, as I've said a hundred times. I am just trying to give you a heads up. Let's change it right now, lest you stand before God. And what I have no idea what he's going to do to you at that I have no idea. But I do know that it's worse than having a giant stone tied around your neck and being thrown into the sea. Whatever's worse than that is what's going to happen, especially if you've done this to children. And so let's control our words. Let's get a hold of this before these words come back to bite us and haunt us. So don't use your mouth to abuse. Don't use your mouth to abuse. So I'm going to show you something in James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And I promise you we are going to get to a, a positive note. We're going to get to the encouragement in a few minutes. But James chapter 3 Verses 2 through 10. And so as we turn there, can I ask, is anybody learning anything today? All right. Now, is, I mean, is this helping anybody? Is this helping us? It's helping me. You know, I, again, I, uh, this isn't me throwing, you know, condemning people. I'm helping me right now, man. Last week's sermon about complaining all week long. If I was tempted, I thought about it. Man, don't you be a hypocrite. You just told a couple hundred people to not complain. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm listening to all of this myself. I am not above any of this. And so I'm listening. And I, as I said, I, yesterday I was tempted to be very upset with my little girl, my little darling angel. But, uh, I, you know, praise God. I remember that, hey, you're preaching in the morning to a bunch of people about how to treat kids. So, all right. 
uh, James 3, verses 2 through 10, and James was the half-brother of Jesus Christ, okay? James was another son of Mary, and so they, I just find it cool how James and Jesus, they were both very passionate about the words that we speak. And so we know that comes from God Almighty, but I can't help but think that their mom, Mary, must have somehow been passionate about this also and teaching their boys, don't you call people that, don't you treat people that way. And we know Jesus never sinned, so I don't think he was ever going around. But, you know, James probably got mad at Jesus. He's so perfect. He never does it. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be hard to have Jesus be your brother? Think about that. Wouldn't that, that just wouldn't be fair, would it? You know, that he was always right. Never does anything wrong. But anyway, so here's James. And he has a lot to say about our words. But check this out. Verse uh, 2, it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we'd be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. And so it's harder to control your mouth than it is to control anything else in your life. But if you can control your mouth, you can control any other part of your life. You can control your eating habits. You can control your exercise. You can control your driving habits. You can control anything if you could just wrestle and control your tongue. All right. So check this out. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Think about that. We've got some horses back there on the back of the property. You've got a 2,000-pound animal, and you can control that whole animal with a tiny little piece of metal, a little piece of iron, put it in its mouth, and you can make this guy go anywhere just by controlling the mouth. Wow. Imagine what you could do with your life if you could just control the smallest part of your body. Anyway, so... Verse 4, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing, but makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Don't we know that in California that? I mean, one little spark, before you know it, can ruin homes, can burn thousands of acres down. And one little word... One little word can set people's lives on fire and do so much damage. According to the book of James. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Look at verse 9. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Can you... Blessing... And cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Do you think God wants to hear this? He says, surely, my brethren, this is not right. These things ought not to be so. And, and I mean, I don't think that this is too far of a stretch. I'll bet, and again, I, I don't know your whole life, but I'll bet there's some people that were in here today, you just sang worship songs to Jesus. I'll bet it. You just raised your hands, and I'll bet there's some that may even go home today and curse or abuse somebody 
that's made in the image of God. You could get home and get mad at your wife. Say, you... How dare you sit here and say, Lord, you're so beautiful. You're so awesome and magnificent. But you, you ugly little thing, you little fool, you idiot. You think God's happy with that? And I can tell you this. If that's how you treat people, I guarantee it. Don't expect your prayers to get answered. It's not going to happen. Why would I say that? Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. And so there's no way that, that we can do this to people and expect for our faith to work because faith works by love. So out of everything that we're saying today, I'm just trying to encourage us to make the right choices with our words. Your words can tear down or they can build up. Your words can bless or they can curse. Your words can be the very thing to push somebody over the top in their life and do something really great. So don't use your mouth to abuse and, 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 and don't use your mouth to, to speak these foul words into people's lives, all right? And so, now that we've got that out of the way, we've seen foul language, abusive language. Here's what I really want to get at today, and it's this, okay? So give me your last five minutes. Check this out. We're going to take things to the positive right here because I want to lift us up. Number three, positive language. Because just like you can use words for bad, man, you can use your words for good. You can use your words to absolutely pray down the fire from heaven and the power of God. You can use your words to praise God and bring about, you know, change in your life. You can use your words to build people up and absolutely make somebody's day. One of the uh, compliments I did this week I was at a Starbucks, and this young man, he, he took my order. He's like, man, you have a blessed day. And I was like, that just earned a compliment. All right, can I speak to your manager, please? And so manager comes out. Man, I tell you what, this little guy right here, he just made my day. He told me to have a blessed day. You have got a gem on your hands here. This boy is a keeper. Give him a race. Have a good day. And, you know, I'm telling you, man, that kid made my day just by saying, have a blessed day. Isn't that awesome that you can lift somebody up with your words? And this, this little guy did that, all right? So positive language. Let's review Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And so how are, I'm going to look at just two quick ways we can, we can use our words in the right way. The first thing is by praising God. You can use your words to praise God. Psalm 35:28 says, "My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long." And you're thinking, "Okay, well what do I get out of that?" Well, first of all, you shouldn't praise God for selfish reasons, but check it out. When you use your words for praising God, he will rescue you from trouble. He'll rescue you right out of trouble, man. And the best example is this, Acts chapter 16. Let's get here. Acts chapter 16. Check this out. Man, this is a good story right here. So Acts chapter 16, we've got Paul and Silas, okay? So to fill you in on the story really quick, there's this girl that was possessed by the devil. She was demon-possessed. And because of this, she could tell people's fortunes and could tell their future. And so... Every day, Paul and Silas, they'd go to preach in town. 
And the devil speaking through this girl would say, oh, these are men of the Most High God. Whoa, listen to them. And she wasn't saying it in a good way. She was mocking them. And so Paul, being the man of God he was, he wasn't going to let the devil mock him. He turns around one day and says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And the devil leaves this girl. And you're like, whoa, that's wild. Yeah, it's wild. I've seen this type of stuff. It's crazy to see the devil cast out of somebody. But I'm telling you, it's incredible to see somebody set free. And so he cast the devil out. And this girl can't tell people's fortunes anymore. She's lost her powers. So everybody gets mad. A mob forms and they throw Paul and Silas into prison. Look at verse 22 right here. Check this out. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So here they are, butt naked, getting beaten with big rods because they just did something good for God. And so talk about a chance to get upset and use your mouth to curse and complain. But look at this. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So we are in just a really bad situation here. They're beaten. They're a bloody mess. They're just ripped to shreds here. And then they're thrown into prison. And the inner dungeon and stocks. Their head is locked up, their hands and feet are locked up, and they're bleeding to death, and all of this. So if there's ever been a time to curse, I'm saying, I mean, I'm not a cusser, but I'm saying, this may bring it out of me right here. You know what I mean? Here I am, and these guys, I mean, with just each blow, just, man, all this stuff going on. If I was ever tempted to use a naughty bad word in my life, it would probably be right here. So in this next moment, their words can either send them to their grave or their words can completely rescue them from dying. So what is it they choose to do? Well, you guys know this story, but check it out. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Do you think they felt like singing at that moment? I am, I'm very doubtful that they felt like singing. But part of being a mature adult Christian is doing the right thing even when you don't feel like it. They probably felt like cursing and retaliating, but here they are. They're up at midnight praying, which a lot of, that's understandable, but they're singing hymns to God in the midnight hour. And, and listen, it says, and the other prisoners were listening. So I've said this before, but they weren't just down there singing, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound of God. <laughs> like me. They weren't just whispering this. They weren't just barely. Listen, where are they at? They're in the inner dungeon. They're down below with thick concrete walls. They had to have been belting this song out at the top of whatever lung capacity they had, singing hymns to God, Amazing Grace! How sweet the sound! They're getting loud because all these other prisoners are right there. They're like, man, I hear something down there. Those two fools are singing! 
They're supposed to be dying. They're down there singing to God right now. They are nuts. But listen, if they had gone the other way and cursed and yelled and mocked and got mad at God, they would have died right there. But they used their words to praise. And guess what? When you praise God, God shows up. He inhabits the praises of his people. And when you sing to God, when you worship God, even when your life is on the line, even when everything else is going bad, something happens. God shows up. And this has happened in my life so many times. I'm having the worst day ever. And you know what I do when I'm having a bad day? Man, I start singing. I may sing a song from, from the nursery when I was a kid. But I start singing, and I swear to you, 100% of the time, it completely changes my day. 100% of the time. I get out of that mood, and the presence of God comes into my life. And so here they are. They're singing to God. And everybody else is like, man, they are nuts. They need to shut up and just die. But look at this. Look at this. Verse 26. As they're singing, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to the foundation. All the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. God showed up when they used their mouth in the right way. They got control of it. They harnessed it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They used their tongue to bring about life. Their tongue could have been the final nails in the coffin to send them to the grave. But they used it in the right way. And their mouths brought them out of death. Their mouths rescued them from prison. That's a big deal right there. So again, you say, well, it's words. Words aren't that big of a deal. Words are one of the biggest deals in the world. Your words can make you or they can break you. They can bring death. They can bring life. They can bring blessing. They can bring cursing. They can cause your kids to be the most successful people in the world or they can cause them to be failures. Your words are a really big deal. So learn to praise God when you're in trouble instead of speaking curses. Learn to praise God when you're in trouble instead of speaking curses. And of course, our words can absolutely build people up. And so one last verse I can put on the screen there. It's Proverbs 10, 11, first part here. It says, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. And so people, after being around you, they should feel better. They should feel encouraged. They should say, I am so glad I saw her today. I am so glad I ran into him. Man, he just, I feel so much better right now. Your words can literally give life. They can save somebody's life. They can bless somebody and change their world if we'll speak the right words. And so the final thing is this. God can use you in great ways if you'll learn to control your mouth and use it to bless instead of curse. So our whole goal today is this. We just want all of us to be able to step it up a notch. And if this has been a problem area for you, listen. We're not here to tell you you're an awful sinner, you're going to hell. We're just trying to say, man, if you could just change this area, if you could get this together, wow, 
you could really help a lot of people. Your kids could be the most confident, well-behaved, awesome kids in the world. They could grow up to be whatever they wanted. They could be an astronaut. They could be a doctor. They could be whatever. If you could just, man, if you could get control of this, wow, you could bring about so much peace in your home. You could send your, your wife or your husband to the next level, man. It could be awesome for you if you would use your words to bless instead of curse. Amen. We're going to end right there today. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Let's go ahead and stand.